Ready Check Radio. Stand by as we get ready to serve up all your news this week in the world of gaming. Welcome to Gaming Gumbo. Good evening, Internet, and welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It is Saturday, 7 p.m. Eastern. That means it's time for Gaming Gumbo. That's Ready Check Radio's weekly gaming wrap-up here, broadcasting it live, twitch.tv slash readycheckradio. Hope you'll come and join us for an episode or two live of this show or any of our other shows. Hang out and uh, just, you know, generally be a nuisance in chat. It's always fun. You can find all of our socials and everything via readycheckradio.com. If you're listening on Spotify, that's R-A-I-D-E-O, readycheckradio. But I'll tell you what, if you spell it normally, you'll still end up in the right place anyway because we're kind of smart like that. Anyway, we've got a lot of stuff in the world of gaming to cover, and I've got hosts to talk about it with me. Please welcome first up, Mr. Jason Winter. How are you, sir? You know, it's Saturday evening. It's cold and wet and rainy outside, so I don't care that I'm wearing an old beat-up hoodie with the torn collar. We can't see it anyway because Discord hates oh, you. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah like you really Discord. can't. I'm even that yeah. far up, too. Jeez. Yeah, you're, well, and Discord, there, like, it looks like gray, you're wearing gray God. pixels. Yeah. I know, yeah. Also on the line, but not because it is cold and rainy. Not yeah, pixels. Yod, how are you, sir? I'm doing all right. What, got what, my, what uh, do you got there? Little friendly, friendly furry friend here. Yeah, you do. You do have like a Doctor Evil vibe going. <laughs> <laughs> of, of course, you know. Not, now that the show started, he's trying to leave. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely have the Doctor Evil vibe going on. Well, we've got <laughs> a lot of stuff to cover. This is the gaming weekly rack, uh, wrap up. So it is a bit all over the place as far as what we may be covering. If you're looking for World of Warcraft news, though, you want to look towards our uh, podcast uh, Snowbound, the Blizzard podcast that we do on Tuesdays at 7 p.m. If you're looking for Final Fantasy 14 or Square Enix stuff, check out the Relic Grind on Thursday. So if you're looking for news on Shadowlands or the upcoming uh, 5.4 patch for Final Fantasy 14, go check out those shows. We're not going to cover those here and rehash them, but there is plenty of chat on both of those topics available for you, and you can find those episodes archived on our website and on YouTube. Here, though, we're going to talk about all other things gaming, and this is another one that I do want to bring up here since we haven't talked about it on Ready Check Radio. Jason and I have extensively talked behind the scenes and on camera about this topic uh, elsewhere though. So if you wanna see some more information, more in-depth information about Daybreak being bought again, the, the company overseeing EverQuest and Planet Side Arena, uh, Planet Side, Arena, <laughs> Planet Side mm. uh, and all those titles, Check out the free-to-play cast on MMOBomb.com. That just went up yesterday, and Jason and I talked quite a bit about it there. But since that doesn't air on Ready Check Radio, I do think we should kind of talk about that a little bit. It's a pretty big deal seeing the EQIP and all of the other companies, Standing Stone Games, Dark Paw, all those companies underneath Daybreak, picked up for about $300 million dollars when you count all the stock and everything in there, Jason. Well, it's, we it's got pretty... Dr. Evil, too, so you can do the million. Yeah, yeah do it. You got to do it. <laughs> million yes, $300 million. <laughs> it is a pretty big deal. 
uh, as far as a, a scrape and maybe ultimately a good thing for Daybreak, Jason? I mean, it couldn't really be a bad thing, probably. I mean, considering... I, I was thinking to myself, since, the, since they were bought by Columbus Nova or Jason Epstein or whoever, I think the only games they've launched, launched, technically launched, are Planetside Arena and Landmark. Like... You gotta do better than well, that. Well, was H one Z one in there? Oh I yeah, H one Z. Oh yeah, right, and all the various permutations of that. Yeah, right, right. the yeah. nine hundred. But yeah, I mean, that's all they've gotten. That's all they've still got because basically all three of those games are, are gone now. So, I mean, if they're gonna do something different, they needed probably get a flux of cash to do it, and this is what it's gonna provide. Yeah, does this uh, is this news? Bring you any... I actually had to go in and do some research on who these people were. Oh, great. So you don't, you don't watch the free-to-play cast. Okay, awesome. Let me Tarkov just make a note. Tarkov free-to-play cast either. He doesn't even read Tarkov, site, okay, I'm, I'm writing down a list of all the people that are shocked by this news or had to do research. It means that they don't watch Jason and I or read any oh. of our MMO bomb stuff. Yep. I'm sorry. Anyway, I didn't mean to interrupt. Go yeah. ahead. Go ahead, It's all right. It's all right. Because right. I, I didn't know exactly how the company that bought them deals with other companies and what that company actually does when they do purchase other companies. Yeah, by from, the way, I, I think we should mention the, the company's name is Enad Global 7, also right. known as EG7. I don't think I mentioned that at the beginning. I just said that they were bought, not by whom. Go ahead, Yad. Right, which which they seem to be kind of like what NCSoft did back in the day, where they, they just wanted to release stuff. They wanted to distribute stuff. So, you know, Buy up the company, let the company do their thing, and then we'll we'll distribute. So that that's not a terrible thing. Well, I mean, by comparison, I I, I see what you're saying here. Like, but if you look at its original purchaser, Columbus Nova, which then years later, Daybreak, and this is a whole other thing. Go read it on MMO Bomb. Mm -hmm. We have all the stuff there. Uh, said, hey, they didn't buy us. We were bought by one guy. It really doesn't matter who, what you believe there, whether you think Daybreak wasn't being honest, whether you think it was just poor communication, like none of that matters. Whether their their original purchase away from Sony Online Entertainment uh, was done by uh, investment company Columbus Nova or investment gentleman uh, Jason Epstein. Right. The, either way, they were controlled for all intents and purposes by somebody looking at it as an investment, not right. a development, where I do think with this company, you have a, a maybe a little more hope that there's going to be some development. They also snagged up Piranha Games, who does Mech Warrior Online on the free on the free to play gaming side of things. A game that is relatively uh, small in the entire scheme of things. You know, it's got its following because it's yeah. Mech Warrior, but right. had not been doing much over the last couple of years. And then all of a sudden, they drop basically this next five year roadmap out of nowhere. They renewed the license. Here's what they want to do with it. They're looking for feedback on things they want to do. And a few days later, we find out, oh, they were just purchased by this company. So it seems like maybe this company, Jason, is a little more willing to fork some money out. Even in the Daybreak stuff, they said, hey, we're looking at, you know, revitalizing Lord of the Rings online graphically, potentially looking at consoles. We have a Marvel license, uh, which was a shock to all of us. Uh, that they had a Marvel license, considering they Marvel make DCUO. Uh, <laughs> so Didn't it does. Maybe do, that uh, that could give them a little bit of. We're gonna go somewhere with this, Jason. Go ahead, Yod. What were you saying? Oh, Did, sorry. Didn't they used to do a uh, City of Heroes as well? 
That was no, NC that's Soft. NC Soft. Yeah. That's that's NC Soft. Okay, yeah. sorry. A lot of company names and game names and IPs <laughs> ran through. All those superhero conferences are the same thing. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's not like I work on any games like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, and you're right. It's like whoever their owner was before, their owner was not a game maker, a game no. publisher or developer or anything like that, whereas this company does seem to have a pretty good handle on that. A lot of other smaller game companies that they own besides that, uh, uh, Toadman Studios is one of them. They're making that, that awesome vampire game you're going to love, I know. Uh, we covered briefly. Uh, yeah, Antimatter Games, another one. So they got like a, at least a half dozen or so different game companies under their banner, and they're maybe looking to get some more. So yeah, in their yeah, I think the comparison, their presentation, yeah, their buy presentation, they uh, said that Daybreak was also going to help them with future acquisitions. So right, who knows? Yeah, so the comparison to NCSoft is kind of kind of maybe accurate. Yeah, I think it's kind of dead on there, Yad. Ultimately, I think it's a net good. We've discussed this in a lot more detail on the free-to-play cast that was posted yesterday on MMOBomb.com. I would encourage Yod and Tarkoth to go and check out that show. Uh, the last question I want to ask on this show about it, though, is does this mean that maybe we get something out of the EverQuest franchise in the relatively near future, next couple of years, let's say. Because I know as an EverQuest fan that just can't go back to 1 and 2, every time I try, it lasts like two weeks, and then I, and then I uninstall it. I would love to see something. Not a card game. Not a fucking card game. Please not a card game. Uh, <laughs> in the EverQuest IP, in the MMO space. Do you think it's possible now, Yod? Or maybe even more likely... I think it would be because uh, this new company seems to just want to distribute, but they want more stuff to distribute. Because of course, more stuff to distribute means more money coming in. So if you have an IP like EverQuest, where it's got such a classic feel to so many people, I think you can you can probably expect to see them make some kind of movement with the game. Some kind whether of play it is, on the IP. Yeah, yeah. Whether it is that. TCG <laughs> or an actual MMO or something in the near future. Jason, I, it's it's almost hard to believe that there wasn't something already in the works that this company saw and was like, "Hey, that's yeah, we're we're interested in in helping with that." Like, I just don't know how you let besides the expansions for one and two, how you let the EQ franchise just be totally dormant. Like, I mean absolutely irrelevant besides EQ 1 and 2. So maybe there's something already in the works. Maybe this company wants to put something into the works. I don't know. I, I yeah, there is something in the works. There's a Marvel game. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah there's a Marvel <laughs> So there game. is that. Unconfirmed, by the way. We were able to confirm with Daybreak when I spoke to them that it was a Marvel license that they do have. Uh, we thought maybe the initial investor presentation on the sale was a typo, uh, and they meant to say DC instead of Marvel because they have DCUO. Uh, they did confirm that they have a Marvel license. They would not confirm whether something was already in the works, something was going to be in the works, something was, you know, nothing was in the works. They would not go any further than to con just f confirm to me that they had the license. So, yeah, I, th I think though that having yeah, you don't buy that license unless you. <laughs> I was gonna say making something like a new EverQuest game. I think that's what you need money for. They maybe didn't have that until now. So I don't think it was necessarily something that was already uh, in development. Anyway. Yeah, but wouldn't that mean you have uh, an no, idea of where you want to take it then? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Well, EverQuest, EverQuest Next was an idea, too. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, check it all out. You can get more yeah. info over on MMOBomb.com and the free-to-play cast posted yesterday, December 4th. 
let's move on. The scalper situation with the PS5 and the <laughs> Xbox. And this just this just continues to be a train wreck with different scalper teams via bots and via manual pickups, depending on how they're doing it with teams are picking up anywhere from 1,000 to 2,200 to 3,500 of these consoles. And some of these teams are making huge bank. Huge bank. They're putting them up there for basically, at mo most times, at least double what they're paying, right? They, they pay 500 and put it up on Amazon or eBay or whatever for a grand. Uh, and they're not having trouble moving them. That's the... That's the part that makes me sad. I get that people want right. these things, but the fact that they're not having trouble moving them to the point that some scalpers have talked about making anywhere from twenty to fifty thousand dollars in a month uh, off of these after you know that's their profit uh, on top of their initial things. That means some of these bigger groups that got a hold of twenty five hundred, thirty five hundred of these, Jason, they're looking at potential profits closing in on a million dollars. Uh, over the long run of this, this is just absolute trash. Uh, it's just a dumpster fire. But, but, every once in a while, something cool happens on these fronts. Every once in a while. That would be this one article here, which says, Online retailer cancels 1,000 next-gen orders placed by scalpers. So yeah, apparently the the one one retailer in the UK called Very, which is interesting name, but whatever. Uh, they apparently said there was a bug in their system that allowed people they were gonna make, limit it to one per buyer, but they had a bug that allowed more to buy it. And once they found that out, they said, nah, nah, cancel, cancel, get out of get out of your body or purchase box. So yeah, nice that they at least maybe they tied up those people that people's money for a little while. I I like to think that that that's what happened. Now like it's still on their credit card for sixty days or whatever, so they can't get more. That would be the best way for that to have happened, but yeah, maybe not. But at least, at least some of the some of the evil villainous plots were foiled. Yeah, they did say that. Unfortunately, due to this error, there were some legitimate orders that probably got canceled as well. Mm -hmm. We're sorry, you will be getting refunds for those. But you gotta love when karma just bites in the ass. The, this is like the pièce de résistance for me on this one. The pièce de résistance. <laughs> 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 the PS5 de resistance. Yeah, um, see what you did there. Yeah, I see that. Well done. Well done. Um, this was... <laughs> Still applause. Yep. <laughs> this was a statement on Facebook by one of the scalping groups, Yad, and I, I want to get your take on this because, like, anytime somebody does something shitty, normally, you know human nature is to lie about it at first right of course. and then if you have to come clean about it try to rationalize or justify the behavior yep. but you could also take that next incredibly manipulative step of i did this for a good this comes hey. from facebook from one of the scalping groups i am i'm reading okay. this verbatim i am not making this up okay let us explain how it was done. The PS5 hype started back in October with the pre-order release. Members were informed to purchase on go. We were prepared, had our in-house monitors ready, and come the day, 1,000 consoles were secured. 
The real chaos started on release day. Once again, we prepped the group, informed everyone of the potential, and was ready to go. The day came. Members had feasted. 2,472 consoles secured on the day. Not with bots, as some of the, of the media is portraying. All manual. Sure, we have the advantage with our knowledge and monitors, but that's just being prepared. Fail to prepare, prepare to fail. Lots Ooh. of our community have been furloughed, made redundant, or it's, so, or it's some form of disadvantage due to the pandemic. These people have managed to cover their bills, put food on the table, and supply Christmas presents to their children. It may be unfortunate that a child won't wake up to a PS5 this Christmas, but another child may have woken up to nothing. We have no regrets. Ooh. You know, the so, best part the best part here is is just that they're talking about how they were furloughed and you know out of work, which right. is, of course you can make the case that it's you know, it's the the big you know the million the billionaires are making millions while the regular people are getting nothing. And yet they're the ones now being the rich people decline de de denying the regular people this stuff. So it's like <laughs> Right. They're 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 trying yeah. there's there's so many aspects of heartstrings that they're trying to pull on here. You know, with this the, is a very like look thing. at how many people we helped. <laughs> right, we're no, Robin Hood. What yeah, you do? You didn't getting... steal them from Sony and pass out the wealth. You no, know, take no. from the rich corporation no. and give right. to the the poor corporation. Like that's not what you happened just here. Hit I before someone else on the screen. You know, all the things they... that their kids are gonna get Christmas presents, but not your kids. Right, right. So I. <sighs> I, I mean, on, on 40, one hand... $40,000 in a week. Yeah, it's like they used actual people to do this, which takes a lot of coordination. You, you got to give them that. It takes a lot of coordination. But it's still shitty. Bottom line, it's still shitty. You know, Jason, it would have been like, hey, we bought all of these and then we sold them for a $100 markup so that those who wanted one could get one, and then we made a little bit of scratch on the side to help right. some people that were furloughed. No, 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 no. Yeah. You put them on you eBay for two team. and three times the market value. You yeah. weren't the yeah. good guys in this scenario. No, no not at all. <laughs> not at all. No. <laughs> wow. But at least you aren't this guy. Now, okay, Jason and I being in, in press, we, we got we to gotta take you through. I'm going to take you through a little okay. thing, and I'll, Jason... You can buy proxy since you're here and also impressed. You can verify that this is the way things work. So a lot of times when you write a different news, a, a news story on something, you've received a press release from a company. So it's, you know, repetition, maybe adding in some of your own personal, you know, opinions on something. That's pretty easy. When you find something somewhere on the internet, internet first, you can't just say, hey, I want to write this story and write it. You got to verify it, right? Is this even true, what I'm reading? I would like to write it, but is it true? Who does it source? Where is it getting its information? You know, it's particularly if you don't know the site, if they don't have any type of reputation. Like if you go to the New York Times, you're probably safe, but you still have some due diligence to do. If you go to jimsblog.com, you probably have extra due diligence to do if you want to check out that story. Sometimes that story you want to write about will have a source in it, and so you click on that source, and you go and you check that source. Now, 
it doesn't often happen the way that this particular story happened to me before I wanted to. Uh, Jason, am I off base in the type of basic due diligence research you do on a, a news article? You're about right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there's some extra little tidbits in there, but they don't, they don't matter as far as this particular story. I wanted to okay. talk about this story on Gaming Gumbo because I think it's hysterical. However, it did bear some similarities to a meme that has been overseas that I was aware about for a very long time. So, what do I do? Well, I read the article, and oh, it's sourced, reported by X. All right, I click X. I read the article. This article is also sourcing something. Not the site I just came from, which would have been weird, but a different site. Okay, sometimes this happens. You know, we cover something, another site covers it, they source us, the third site covers it, they source the second one, maybe they source us. It happens. Weird, you should go all the way back, but weird. No joke, I went through seven articles, Jason, in a core, in just a straight line. Nobody sourced each other, it was always site A got it from B. B says they got it from C. C says they got it from D. D to E, E to F, F to G. Seven different sites before I finally was able to track down the original source of what we're going to talk about here. And here's how awesomely reliable this source is, by the way. I, I read it. It's difficult. <laughs> this is literally Jason selling something online, me buying it, meeting Jason, having a conversation, finish our transaction, leave, tweet that I just bought this thing, and tweet that this is what the dude told me why he was selling it. That is how, like, seventh and ninth party this story is. So whether or not it's 100% true, this one person says, I bought a PlayStation 5 on, online off of somebody that had one that was selling it, when I went to pick it up and I talked to him a little bit, this is why he was selling it. Not the original person saying that, it's the buyer tweeting out. So that is like as far back as I can get with it. But we do have a great story here. Thanks everyone, our time for the show is up. It's been an hour already. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Just following that line of logic back took that long. A guy buys a PS5, wife apparently, wasn't going to be happy with this, so he decided to tell her that it was an air purifier <laughs> because of its awesome shape. To he be fair, it, you could probably get away with that. He had well, it, he put it granted, vertically. There is, there is an air purifier out there that looks like yeah. that. He Not exactly vertically. the same, but it's very similar. Told her so, it was an air purifier. Yeah. She found out, of course, and made him sell it. He goes to sell it online. He was selling it for like a couple bucks over what he paid for it because she just wanted it done. And yeah, that's the story that the buyer says the seller. Now, if you think this sounds familiar, it, it, it there is a uh, overseas in, I believe it's Korea, there is a, a long time uh, fresh speed meme or a flash speed meme uh, about a guy buying a PS4 Pro and trying to convince his wife that it was a an extra large uh, router uh, and that's a meme and a cartoon and everything so yeah this kind of falls in the category but yeah at least you're not that guy uh, 
I, I mean, my PS4 does look like my Asus router. <laughs> Just saying. They do look similar. And yeah. the Xbox Series X, that looks like a, you know, box from a fast food restaurant yeah right you a... just shove it in the back and yeah. say oh i'll throw it out later honey <laughs> <laughs> you guys did see that when it was launching right they were giving away a refrigerator right yes, yes. that That's was awesome. that was the xbox like it had all yes. the stuff on it that, i was that is i yeah, wanted that, that refrigerator so bad uh i retweeted that shit i never retweet and follow for contests i was like retweet i gotta win this thing um, also on the PS5 uh, front, before we leave this, we did see patents that kind of caused people to think maybe there's already a PS5 Pro in the works, Jason. I mean, the thing is, it was like three years, I think, between the PS4 and the PS4 Pro. So even if they've filed a patent for it, they, they, they'll do that sort of thing well enough in advance that so they don't get, you know, this, you know, uh, uh, scalp, no, what's the word for for when someone takes your patent, whatever, cop and copyright, whatever. Yeah, 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 there's a word for that. Uh, anyway, squatter, that's it. But so yeah, Dude. just the fact that, there's a, that it's out there and that they have a patent doesn't mean a whole lot to me. It, it reminds me of, again, to think of Daybreak, how they had a lot of different, we've seen through the years a lot of their different games or a lot of titles or whatever that they've filed copyrights for that some of them turned into something, some of them didn't. So yeah, I mean, it's not, it's not that big of a surprise that they're going to have something like this, but I'm not, I'm not going to say it's going to be you know, six months from now or anything. Yeah, I do think it's one of those things, though, Yad, that when it gets out, people like in our position know, okay, that's probably about four years away. You know, right. fine. That really, if you want a PS5, there should be no reason that you don't, besides it not being available, that you just don't <laughs> go buy one right now. I mean, because you're going to be waiting four years for this. But your average consumer, well, I heard that they're going to be making another one. You, I can understand why you don't want this to be front and center news right now, particularly when you can't even keep the originals in stock on the shelf at the moment. Right, right. That that is that is a very valid point. Um, though, if you like, like us here, and you know, most people with a brain, which I don't know if most people have one of those anymore, but you just look at what they did previously. So there's probably going to be a PS5 Pro. After the PS5 Pro comes out, there's going to be a PS5 Slim. And, you know, that's just the direction they go because they're PS1, PS2, PS3, PS4, PS5, as opposed to Xbox, you know, asterisks. Yeah, don't, so, don't even try and rattle right. those names. We'll be here all night. Right. So, I mean, it, it's just, it follows its logic. So... It just it's just a matter of when it's gonna come out is the thing. And I guess if you don't really look at it that closely or don't realize how time flows, you, you could wanna wait. Don't realize how time to... flows. What a weird <laughs> I, I mean, sentence. <laughs> I, I mean, considering how this whole pandemic time has gone for most of us. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> time has are, no meaning anymore. We are in the thirty eighth month of twenty twenty. Exactly. <laughs> Four, it's still March, dang it. Fourteenth uh, March of twenty twenty. Uh, other PS five rumors. Now these have been in the in the works for a while, and I haven't mentioned them on previous shows. I, I've seen them a, a, around, but they've been getting a little more credence in the last week by some people who have a pretty good track record with PS five or Sony leaks of information, particularly when it comes to God of War. Uh, and things like that. And on at least one of these fronts, if the leak is correct, we'll know in five days uh, from now when the video game awards go live. So according to these rumors that have been around for about a month and a half or so, but 
Now coming the way of uh, Moore's Law is Dead, who predicted the God of War stuff and has a good track record here. We could be looking very uh, very soon at both a Metal Gear Solid remake and the reboot of Silent Hills. And Silent Hills being worked on by Kojima Productions, which I think if you were happy with the PT demo and very disappointed when Konami and Kojima broke up, this probably makes you very happy. And if you're asking, wait a minute, Kojima and Konami don't get along. How are we how are we doing this? Apparently, Sony is playing divorce attorney <laughs> between these two parties to kind of get them back in the room to talk. I got to tell you, I'm very excited by both of these, like super excited by both of these. And the part of the rumor that's the most interesting, Jason, is that in five days, we'll know how close this was because the Silent Hills stuff for announcement is supposed to be shown as some type of exclusive premiere on the Game Awards on the 10th. First of all, it's Silent Hill. There's only one of them. (laughs) No, no. Second, it's actually Silent Hills. Um, the the P, the game that was known as PT was called Silent Hills, and this is yes. looking to carry that name. Yes, it is in the Silent Hill franchise, but this specific game was referenced as Silent Hills. Article actually uses both, but whatever. The Silent article Silent. uses both in the context of a Silent Hill reboot oh, and the game Silent Hills. Yeah. Uh, okay. Because it was canceled. Finally. Okay. All right. Yeah. 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 Um. I mean. I, I'm a big Metal Gear fan. I, I played the original, the original on NES back in the day, and I'm, you know, solid all the way through. Haven't gotten to five yet, but I'll get to that someday. Uh, but even then, it's like I don't, it almost seems like it's almost. And I know it's stupid because it, it's, it's about the same year that Final Fantasy VII came out, but it still seems like it's just more recent to me. Like the whole Metal Gear series does. So I'm not as into the notion of a Metal Gear Solid reboot. Uh, although I could see one happening because they're doing the live action movie pretty soon so yeah just got word of the cast there oscar isaac solid snake yeah so he looks good for it only but only this only works if they do get david Hayter to do the voice (laughs) if they they don't say he should have a different voice like vader back in the day no no should still be david Hayter. is the point that should still be him i I don't accept anyone else for I'll, i'll accept oscar isaac in a live action but nobody else does the video game voice but him okay okay i see what you're going at no no key for Sutherland. No key no, for Sutherland. No. It's got to be <laughs> David Hayter. Uh, and, I, and I think that's probably more likely, right? Because was the, the issue wasn't necessarily Kojima and David Hayter. It was Konami and David Hayter. And Konami, while obviously involved here, would not be the primary development house. So maybe, maybe. That'd be nice. Ironically, I thought it was funny that it was uh, Metal Gear Solid was not being worked on by Kojima Productions. <laughs> That the remake was being handled by a different company, uh, not Kojima. Like I assume Kojima would be involved in some way, right, Yod? He'd, he'd have to be. I, yeah, I don't think I don't think it would go well if he wasn't, because there's there's so much involvement with him in the games, and you know his fingers in there. It's in the DNA. So you know you, you pull it away, and it would be kind of a hollow shell. Right, but it is Blue Point Games as well, and if you don't know who that is, they just did the Demon Souls remake. So okay. they got a lot of cred as they they built up instant cred with the the Demon Souls remake as far as being able to take a, a these older 
you know, PS1, PS2, right. PS3 games and, and do some impressive stuff with them. And, yeah, you know, if you're that. doing just a remake like you did of Demon's Souls, then maybe you don't need Kojima Productions involved in any way. You're not really adding to it. It's, it's just a right. remake. So. It, it's not like PT Silent Hills where it was under development and got canned. Yeah, I think you have to go to Kojima for that if you want anything remotely close mm. to what the original plan for it was, right, Jason? I mean, you have to go there. Yeah, yeah, because he's the only one. Only Kojima knows what Kojima's doing. <laughs> <laughs> he's is, a he's a he's a person. That is true. <laughs> he's a person. All right. Uh, so next week we're we got a lot of stuff happening in the world of gaming. We talked about some free to play no, no, stuff no. over at MMOBOM. We no. talked about raids coming to um, World of Warcraft on. Uh, Snowbound. We talked about five point four. What else is in on Relic Grind? What What else is next week? Next week. Just oh, gonna, like, sleep through the week. I don't know. I wish on. we could go to Twitch and figure out a way, Jason, <laughs> to like figure out what might be coming soon mm. that people are excited about. Something uh, with a yellow background. I, yeah. I don't know any games like that. Cyberpunk 2077 still has five days to go before its official launch, but you wouldn't know that uh, by going over to Twitch and searching the title right now, as you can see on the screen. There are plenty of hype parties, countdowns, podcasts, just everything going on for CD Projekt Red's title here being less than a week away. Before we get into some fun news on this stuff, I just got to say, I don't get it. I really don't. Like, I understand being hyped for games. I get hyped for different games. I understand a lot of people being hyped for a particular game. Okay. I do not get just, like, the global hypeness for an unknown IP from, granted, I will give you a competent developer as far as large open-scale games, and please don't take this as me demeaning Cyberpunk 2077 at all. I am certainly interested in the title. I'm just not... I'm probably not a day one buyer for this one. And Yad, I think before the show, you said you're probably not a day one buyer, but we're definitely right. buyers. It's just not oh, yeah, day yeah. one. E eventually, I... I'll, I'll get around to picking it up, but it's not like it's an MMO or any game where you're playing with your friends a lot, so you got to keep up with you know all the stats and making sure everybody's the same level and all that stuff. Yeah, Jason, I can't think of a game that has garnered... Just like this wide a hype train behind it for really what is essentially largely unknown. You're, this isn't well, the you... next big sequel to something that the world already loved or it's coming from a good developer. Yeah, I get it. They normally push a day one pretty polished product. I get it. You like the environment. You love Keanu Reeves. I, I get it. Like there isn't anything here that I'm like, why do you are you even interested in this game? I'm interested in it too, but God, does it have just like the, I, I, yeah, Zach, I get it. Witcher three. I loved Witcher, the Witcher series, yeah. still love the Witcher series, but this is not the Witcher. It, it, <laughs> if this was Witcher four, I'd understand it a little more. Jason, go ahead. You were, you were trying to it, say it, it is the, it is the sequel to CD project red, it's CD project red part four is what it is. So in that, in that sense, it is kind of a sequel. So I get that, but I mean, when you say you never heard about hype like this, I thought to myself, this is an MMO. This is MMO-style hype. This is like, 
like Star Wars Old Republic was, or probably like World of Warcraft was. I wasn't around back then, or like mm. Elder Scrolls Online to some degree. I think it's, it's a lot bigger. MMO hype. I think it's a lot bigger. That's why I can't. Well, it, it's, I'm I think having... it seems bigger. I think it seems bigger because we haven't had that for a long time. We haven't had that game that everybody's interested in. I mean, uh, Bless wasn't on that level. That, that, that's about the nah. closest one really I can think of because it was really hyped because it was an MMO. I think of something like Bless. I think of uh, Wildstar, even not maybe there. People played it because. It was an MMO, and we wanted an MMO now. This is on that same level, even though it doesn't have the same exact category. But that's the feeling. That's what I'm thinking of when I think of this. It feels like it's on that same hype level, which is going to result in, of course, a lot of people being really disappointed because it's not going to be absolutely perfect. So, I remember when it was like initially announced, and I was like, oh, that's cool. Not a lot of people are doing cyberpunk-type theme stuff, and... But that kind of makes it a little more niche than The Witcher, maybe, doesn't it? But that's all right. Q and I were talking about it. And I'm like, yeah, I'm into this whole cyberpunk vibe. I'll check it out, see what they're doing. This was before we like saw screenshots or anything like that, you know. And Q uh, over uh, with us on MMO Bomb and and volunteering her on Ready Check as as mod has been watching this and is is very hyped for this one. More hyped than than I am. Um, <laughs> like. Oh, well, apparently a lot of people more wow, there's a lot of people that like cyberpunk. I don't think cyberpunk itself has anything to do with what they like about it. It's it's CD Project Red's I, next big title, but even then, even if you just make it that the argument, Zach, um who's who's in chat talking about this this kind of CD Project Red's next big project maybe being the okay, I I get that. But it, you know, I, I kinda, an open world I, RPG in a cyberpunky futuristic universe, I would not have thought. Like I would not have guessed that would be the one title of 2020 that people would riot over. I, I kind of want to say that the the original IP goes back to a pen and paper game. Yeah. So there's a lot of people that remembered playing that game and loving their characters in that game, and now those people are grown up and own video game consoles. So it's, I think, a combination of needing a really good game, hoping for a really good game, having so long of a buildup and pushback of, oh, we, we're not finished yet, we're not finished yet, we want to make it better, so we're not finished yet. And those people remembering playing their pen and paper games and going, I want that experience again, but this time, I don't have to imagine it, it's on the TV. It's just Keanu Reeves. That's what Torchwick says in chat. Oh, yeah. yeah, I mean, Keanu doesn't, doesn't hurt. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> definitely I, I doesn't hurt. That they had going where it's like, oh, I'm so, sorry, guys. There's really no video game. We just wanted to hang out with Keanu. <laughs> like, uh, well, we do have five days to see if it lives up to the hype, which Jason, I tend to agree. I don't think I don't care what it is. It can't. Uh, it's, it's just <laughs> like, well, I don't care what the product was. If it was a video game or something else, it just can't at this point. Uh, I will be checking it out. This will not be a day one buy, so don't look for me to be uh, streaming it. Uh, but if any of the other Ready Check Radio streamers buy it, you know I'm sure they'll they'll be streaming it. Uh, are, you sure, are you sure anybody's going to stream it? Anybody? Nah, nah, no. 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 There's somebody there with a five day countdown on Twitch. Anyway, we still have five days till this thing, and uh, yeah, that's that's if you don't talk to Best Buy, because Best Buy went ahead and accidentally sent out copies particularly of the collector set. Uh, people have been getting them for the last 48 to 72 hours, which did cause 
CD Projekt Red to go ahead and issue a statement. I'm showing it on the screen here, but I will read it to you. Your Cyberpunk 2077 videos and streams before release. We're getting closer and closer to launch, and chances are some of you will get your hands on a copy people already had by the time they made this statement of Cyberpunk 2077 before release date. However difficult this might be for us to achieve, our ambition is for gamers across the world to have the same spoiler-free experience at the time the game releases. This is why we kindly ask you not to stream Let's Plays or release any similar content before December 9th at 12 p.m. CET, 3 a.m. Pacific U.S. time. We will send Max Tech, you know, the guys who take down videos, after everyone who does. After that date, however, we would love if you'd streamed everything like there's no tomorrow. It's 2020. Who knows? Maybe there isn't. So uh, besides that, you know, ending on a very <laughs> bleak note, yeah. um, I remember when Persona 5 came out and they put like limits on and I thought that was absurd uh, for them to do. This one I get, you know, and I do think they're taking the right tack with it, Yad, in mm -hmm. here's the date. Don't put or do anything up prior to that. If you do, right. we're letting you know now we're coming after you for, right. for teardowns. For, for copyright teardowns. After but that time, clock strikes. we don't care. Once yeah, yeah, once the clock strikes, we don't care. And I'm sure there's people with video backed up waiting for that moment to just flood the net with it. You know, just so they can be first. Jason, are you interested in this one? I kind of skipped over you. Yeah. I'm, I'm like you, though. It's, like it's, it's on my wish list on Steam, but I'll get it eventually. I don't need to be a day one player on it, so... Well, I mean, we also have uh, some other stuff releasing that day, so maybe it's worth, you know, maybe it's worth looking at some other titles, Jason. You know, you're a you're a war guy. You like other stuff. Uh, let's see. What do I got here for you? Not the CD Projekt Red. We did that. How about, yeah, how about Medal of Honor? Do you, rem you remember that, right? I've heard of it. <laughs> they, they, they got a title releasing the same day. How'd you like to be those guys? Uh, not very much. Getting a Although, new reboot. Yeah. The reboot's yeah. looking kind of interesting, kind of good, and Although, all of a sudden they do that. I will say, though, that... Oh, and again, they make the it VR, so that kind of hurts its own launch, yeah, too, right yeah. now. The notion that everybody on the planet is going to be playing Cyberpunk is, I think, a little overblown, especially when you have something that's in a really different genre, like a war shooter, you know? I, I think... Mm. I sort of understood what like Path of Exile did when they when they changed their thing to a different date, but I wouldn't have necessarily done it that way if I was in charge of a game. So I actually missed the Medal of Honor series. I was happy to see this. Now I, you know, being on VR, I'm 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 an adopter, but I'm still not just like all gung ho VR yet. You know, I don't stream it or anything uh, at this point. Maybe maybe in a, in a in a phase or two here. Uh, and obviously, I'm joking. This is not going to go up against Cyberpunk in any meaningful way. But I did want to yeah, kind of point out, hey, man, Medal of Honor kind of trying to make a comeback. And you know what? I'm all for it in the world of it's right. Call of Duty or nothing else. Right. Ba back in the day when they both released, I was actually more of a Medal of Honor player than a Call of Duty. I, I, I liked how it worked better. Um, 
it probably helped that like four of us were in a room together playing online yelling at each other <laughs> old land parties <laughs> yeah, you know? while the people we were playing against you know was who knows where but yeah it, it to me medal of honor holds a specific place in my heart um over call of duty which it's nice to see uh it trying to make a comeback the vr thing yeah Looking at this trailer, the arms where it cuts off at the forearm. Oh, but that that uh, they always do that. That's a yeah, that bothers me so yeah, bad. That's a VR thing in general, not and, just and the, Medal of Honor. The limp wrist, the limp <laughs> wrist VR thing also bothers me. <laughs> I'm yeah, excited okay. to see Medal of Honor back in some capacity. It does. Right. I think it does look cool. And, and I agree with you there. It, it's. But I thought putting it, it, it news-wise right behind Cyberpunk was, yeah. was exactly where it needed to go, Jason. Yeah. Uh, speaking of uh, things not uh, maybe getting a lot of attention but probably should, I think Bioware is on fire, Jason. Like, are, are their uh, buildings burning yet? Uh... No, aren't they based out of Edmonton? Is that their main? They have, they have a studio in Edmonton. They have the one in... Like, in... And then Austin. Austin, that's right. Yeah, so one of Edmonton is not on fire because it's too cold there. But Austin, maybe. Austin, maybe. Why? What's going on? Uh, people are leaving. They're the rats fleeing the sinking ship. Oh come on! That is, to be fair, that is not what any of them said. <laughs> well, that's not what they're ever going to say. I'm not going to say well, this, this that is not what line, any though. of them even remotely implied. <laughs> it's got to no. between the lines, man. Yeah, no one ever says that. When when I leave him, Mo Bob, I'll say it was a wonderful experience. Well, behind the back, I'll be like, that bird guy, he pissed me off. <laughs> That'll be on my AMA, yeah. And I but know, yeah, Yad, you Hunt were probably like forlorn when you it, saw this. It does suck. Casey Hudson, Bioware's general manager, is leaving, and Mark Dara, the right. executive producer of Dragon Age, the, the franchise, they're both leaving the company before the end of the year. It should be pointed out, by the way, that this marks Casey Hudson's second departure Right. Bioware. He bailed when Anthem was not doing well behind the scenes and then came back to help finish that off. Um, yeah. So yeah. this is his second departure. And Jason, you have a right. little extra note here since we did bring up Mass Effect on last week's or the last show we did prior to the holidays. The Mass Effect side of things going forward will be led by Mike Gamble. If you need reference or a frame of reference here, Mike Gamble was the producer on two big hits, Mass Effect Andromeda, and was the lead producer of Anthem. Mm. Mm. Exactly. You're in good hands, Bioware. Now, of course, both of them departed. They did say, like, all the kind, normal things and, you know, that the franchises that they work on, Dragon Age and, and other things respectively, are in capable hands. And Dragon Age in particular is very far down the, the developmental path, so it really shouldn't be a huge impact, et cetera. Like, all the normal things that, that you expect them to say. But I'm sorry. You know, Bioware has been kind of eating itself alive for a, a little while now and uh, this if you read the the notices i can't tell if this is exactly of their own accord or not either like they do reference the the decision to leave was a very difficult one but 
I, I, I don't I don't know because EA executive uh, Laura Mia uh, I'm gonna pronounce this wrong I think it's Miele, uh announced the departure saying I want to personally thank Casey and Mark for everything they've done for the Bioware community and particularly for our players they will always be an essential part of the studio's history we appreciate their many contributions and we look forward forward to seeing what they'll each do next in both of their private statements they kind of really didn't have anything to share on what they were doing next this wasn't like oh i'm gonna go leave and be more with my family or i want to work on small indie projects like we don't we don't really know so i don't know if this was a like quit or you're fired type situation Mm -hmm. or if it's genuinely them just leaving of their own accord Jan. uh that that statement that statement feels feels kind of uh bullet to the back of the head (laughs) (laughs) like like i don't think it's that brutal but (laughs) uh, i don't know corporate speak wise that that's pretty that's that's pretty harsh um but the fact that they you know announced the remaster of mass effect trilogy and claimed that it was going to be in veteran hands and then this veteran of the mass effect series leaves Dragon Age, I'm not. I wasn't that into Dragon Age. I was more of a sci-fi Mass Effect dude. So, <laughs> the Dragon Age thing, okay, cool. We'll, well see hey, how, how that maybe Mike out. Gamble will surprise you. Maybe. Yeah. And, <laughs> but, and honestly, no matter what, I don't think any game is necessarily. It's not made by one person. So. No, 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 it absolutely no. is. But, but but you need that guy with the oversight. Sure. It, you, you need that Kojima there. He's a person. He is, and he he sticks his finger in the DNA of the games, and it makes them better. Oh, so well, we'll be watching it. I, I am Jason. I, I, if there was ever a nail in Anthem's coffin, I, (laughs) right? Maybe, maybe those were the guys who didn't want it to go free to play or make the big step or whatever they're going to need to revitalize, and they're getting rid of them now so they can revitalize Anthem. Maybe I don't. Yeah, I just—it's not a good look. It just I, at minimum, let's say it's no impact to the entire teams. They already are well established and know where they're going with all of the titles. It's still just not a good look. It's no at at minimum, it just looks bad if nothing else. Particularly in the middle of we're working a new Mass Effect. Our last one wasn't that great. Even our last good one still had problems that our fans hated. Our last big budget thing blew up in our face to the point that we're still trying to find the which colored wire to cut so it doesn't explode again. <laughs> oh, by the way, now these guys are leaving. Oh, by the way, one of them's already left and come back once. So, But if you need some good news, if you want something else to play, let's uh, talk about Phoenix Rise, or Immortals Phoenix Rising, which came out this week. Uh, I did a little bit of a streaming for it yesterday. Uh, Jason, has this been one been on your radar at all? The funny thing is, it really hasn't. You know, seeing the old trailers, whatever, around E3 or whatever it was, I was just like, yeah, whatever, and it looks kind of cute, whatever. But I saw both you and I watched uh, the other Mike B uh, stream uh, over the past couple of days, and I, I was surprised that it, it does have that little... Breath of the Wild kind of look to it, or Genshin Impact, whatever you want to call it. And yeah. now, having seen that, it actually looks a little more interesting to me. It's something I might be interested in. I'm having a blast with it. I'm probably... So I did, like... I played two and a half hours Thursday, was it? 
Yeah, Thursday yesterday. behind the yeah. scenes, and then streamed Today. yesterday for like four hours after, like do an emergency state of the realm uh, on no notice with Mister Happy and Sly, uh, which was fun. Go check that out. Um, so I'm probably about five or six hours into it, and yeah, it's definitely got you know the Breath of the Wild inspiration, that type of gliding, and there's shrines, and there's puzzles, and there's this, and there's combat, and. Uh, honestly, for me, I'm really enjoying it. I think it's probably one of Ubisoft's best games this year, and that is with Assassin's Creed, which to me was just more of the same with a different skin. Uh, looking at their entire lineup, I honestly think this might be my favorite game from Ubisoft this year, Yacht. I, I can't blame them for Valhalla being very similar to the last one with a different skin, because was it worked really well yeah and and the amount of time they put into valhalla i think pushes it past this game i, I didn't get a chance to watch your stream uh but i did go over the website for this game and checked it out and i, I like the fact that you can kind of customize your character a bit and you know um and you can do it whenever you want if you end up hating your look after two hours you can just go in game and really? change it again I did not know that yeah okay, that, in that's the hall cool. of the gods that's you sit cool. down in a chair that Hermes describes as this is where we cut off our skin to make ourselves look different if we want to okay that's <laughs> yeah. pretty cool and that that is pretty cool um and yeah the the rest of the gameplay and the story seems really interesting I but I don't think it it stands up to Valhalla, but that's just that might be just me. I do love Vikings and all that stuff, so there is that. Yeah, if you're looking for something a little more like realistic looking, then obviously Jason, this isn't it. Yeah. Uh, in fact, some of the animations are downright goofy. Uh, their running animation looks like they they're trying to get to an outhouse real quick because they're about to shit themselves, <laughs> and sometimes the faces just look horrible on some of these things. Uh, but the writing. It's hit and miss. I mean, it is very comedic. You don't do not expect something overly serious. Uh, sometimes it's very funny. Sometimes you're gonna groan. Um, but all in all, about five six hours or so into it, I'm finding it very 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 enjoyable. I'm playing on the PS5. Um, so I, Jason, if you played, I guess you'd be doing PC probably, right? Yeah. Yeah, you're talking about that dialogue too. The way the way Zeus talks, especially, makes me think that it's like a, like when Loki was masquerading as Zeus in one of the in one of the Thor movies. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, you, you can't really compare Zeus to Odin. <laughs> Zeus is kind of a oh, dick. Odin. Yeah, well, yeah, Zeus. Oh, I got Zeus and Odin mixed up. My bad. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm totally. If uh, if you like puzzles, you know, world puzzles, and and I should say that. Like, there's two categories of puzzles in this game. One are, like, actual physics thought puzzles. The other ones are, okay, I gotta find five stars and put them on this map to make a constellation, but I've gotta figure out where the hell in the environment right around the puzzle these five stars actually are. Uh, so it's more finding the pieces than actual puzzle solving. Um, so you've got like those two categories. You do have combat in here with light, heavy, and, and arrow-based combat. And the story is pleasant. Tons of shit to do as far as... It is, it is very one of those... The the draw distance is so far, you'll find... What is that? Or, I'm going to go check that out and just totally forget about the story for a little while. So did Genshin impact me in that kind of way? Uh, where Genshin, I would turn the camera and go, what is that glowing over there? Well, let's go see. You know, oh, it's 
200 or 2000 meters away. Well, shit. All right. We're already walking. Let's go. Um, I'm really, really enjoying it. I'm really enjoying it. Uh, so check it out. I'm sure I'll be streaming it more this week, uh, either Monday, Wednesday, or Friday. Last thing before we go to the game of the week, Jason, you, this is very near and dear to your heart. So I'm going to let you take over here. You apparently are justifying the weirdness that is you here is all I can, <laughs> all I can say. One, one of the many ways of weirdness, because one of the first things I do whenever I get into a new game, any sort of like game with 3D aspects to it, going around in the world or whatever, I always have to look to see if they have invert Y axis as, as an option somewhere in the controls. Is that with every game? Like I get it for flight games, but yes, every game, every, every game you do this? Now, now there are a few like some third-person games I don't do it. Like like um, uh, World of Warships is one where I don't do it actually for whatever reason because I'm aiming down the sights. But I, I don't know what it is. I don't know what exactly causes it in some of them. Any first-person game, absolutely, I have to have it. Absolutely, any first-person game, most third-person games. Now, someone actually brought a pretty good explanation for that. It's like when you pull back on the stick to make you look up. That's like pulling back on your head to make you look up. It makes sense. Going forward, you look down. So. That that's how that's how I justify that making sense now if everyone ever asked me about it. But so yeah. apparently uh, the Guardian, theguardian.com, they uh, posted an article about this a few months ago, and they got like a thousand responses to it. Half of them saying, "Yeah, that's the right way to do it." The other half saying, "You people are crazy." So they they saw that, and some scientists saw that, and now they're actually doing a study on it to figure out why some people do that and why some don't. So, unfortunately, they've already gotten enough uh, respondents to the study that they're going to do the experiments on or whatever, so I can't get in, which I'd love to, but yeah, it is it is scientific research now going into why I'm weird. So, yeah. You are weird. You yeah. are absolutely weird. Like, Leave us a note in the comments below to let you know if you, let us know if you are also if it was, inverted If you were now. talking about, like, Microsoft Flight Simulator, I'd be like, yeah, you have inverted... You're flying a plane. You have right. inverted flight Why? controls. What's the difference? That's the way a plane flies. Fly <laughs> right. I'm moving me. <laughs> that's the way a plane get, flies. That's how my head works, too. You push back on my head, I look up. You push <laughs> forward on my head, I look down. Makes sense. And I, I, I did have a little theory on that, reading through that stuff. Uh, first of all, was was the, the plane thing. For anybody who's actually flown a plane, that is how a plane works. You push down, a, you know, you, you pull up on the yoke and the plane goes up you push down on it and you know or you push forward on it and it goes down um the other thing is uh, some of the older like ps2 and previous games uh, i remember playing um kind of i think the uh, parasite eve 2 kind of did it where when you enter one screen your up is no longer up and your down is no longer down because of how you entered that screen so maybe it has something to do with that but it's just a hypothesis it's just something i was thinking about when reading the article or Jason, you're just insane. You guys, are, you guys are the weird ones. Yeah, we're the weird ones. Okay, mm -hmm. okay. Um, all right, it's time to do our game of the week. All right, this is the segment of the show where each of us gives a game of the week to you, and you let us know in the comments below or on our Twitch channel. Uh, who gave the best recommendation for the week? I'm going to go first because mine's going to be easily apparent. You probably already know. I'm going to recommend Immortals Phoenix Rising. I think it's definitely worth your time if you're looking for something a little sillier with a ton of shit to do and exploration being a huge, huge, huge part of the game. Uh, yeah. 
Immortals Phoenix Rising. I think it's Ubisoft's best title of the year. Jason. Uh, I'm going to go with Wasteland 3. I've been streaming it a bunch on, on my Ready Check radio stream, and now I'm playing it offline as well. Really enjoyable tactical RPG, which I'm not usually into. I'm usually not real good at those XCOM kind of games, but I'm doing pretty well with that. Main characters of, of Mike and, and also of Faye, one of our <laughs> other streamers. And yep. Not getting them killed yet. Still working on that. We'll, we'll see if I get them killed. But yeah, really good, really a lot of fun. The battles are interesting. And the dialogue and the, the story and all of that is also really good, too. It's by some of the people who did the original Fallout game. So if you're into those, definitely check out Wasteland 3. I will say I got the code from a developer. This is not a paid endorsement or whatever. Blah, blah, blah. So. Hey, your Discord uh, cleared up. Oh, just, finally. Just in time. Yeah. <laughs> Yod, well, go ahead. <laughs> um, I think this is a good time to jump back into Final Fantasy XIV because you got the patch coming up on Tuesday and you might want to be like slow like me and want to grind that relic up to the point where you're ready for the next you know, patch. So, yeah. All right. There are your choices, chat. Immortals, Phoenix Rising, Wasteland 3, and Final Fantasy 14. Let us know who gave the best recommendation for the game of the week. Next week, we'll be debating, uh, along with normal news, we'll be debating the best video game console in history in each of our opinions. So make sure you bring your choices and your bets. And don't forget, we'll be reviewing the uh, winners at the Game Awards to see how well we did with our five categories of predictions. Jason's got them written down, so we'll see how everybody did. After the show today, though, we've got Torchwick continuing his adventure through Final Fantasy VI, I believe. How are you, Torchwick? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? Yeah, look at you. What do you, what do you got that hat? What is on that hat? A uh, skull, and it says Unisanus. It's a... Uh... It's some merch from a YouTube channel that used to exist and doesn't anymore. Oh, all right, all right. So you're going to continue your stream of Final Fantasy VI on games older than me. Mm-hmm. We're, um, I believe we're about to go to a floating continent. I'm not sure if we'll be able to come back, so I'm hoping I didn't miss anything. Oh, I love watching you make some of these choices for the first time. I, I will say that. So, chat, stick around. Snow, I mean, Torchwick, uh, we'll be... <laughs> streaming some uh, Final Fantasy. <laughs> Jason just got it. Um, <laughs> taking the stream over. So chat, hang out. Don't go anywhere. The channel will go dead for just a, a moment or two while we switch over. Uh, and then you can watch some very awesome decisions being made by somebody's first time through Final Fantasy 6. We'll be back next Saturday at 7 p.m. Eastern. Until then, Yod, where can everybody find you? Uh, Yacht Artworks on Twitter, on Facebook, YachtArtworks.com. So, you know, wherever it says that, that's probably me. Jason. Uh, Twitter, Winter Informal, streaming Twitch.tv slash Jason Winter. And that's also me. I'm Mike Byrne. You can follow me right there at MagicMan1 on Twitter. But more importantly, follow at RC Radio so we can tweet at you with all the shows and streamers and every time we go live. Until next time, stay safe. Later. Later.